Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome into the Monday, March the 5th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we are talking about the new trend of trades in the NFL and how the Dolphins have joined in on that frenzy. We'll welcome in the host of the Locked On Rams podcast, Brad Matter, to talk about all things Robert Quinn. But Miami is not done yet. A Jarvis Landry trade appears imminent. And now the Dolphin quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, is seeing his name mentioned in the rumor mill. We'll dissect all of that and talk about some NFL Combine. But first, I have to remind you guys, go ahead, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Linkfield NFL. Follow the show at Locked on Fence. Plenty of gifs for you guys and film cut-ups on both those Twitter accounts. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We have tons of written content every single day, from film breakdowns to rumor mills to all the news you guys want to see about the Miami Dolphins. And of course, Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL Draft podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. So let's not waste any more time and jump right into the first news item of the day. That's another Miami Dolphins. And it is first down here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And that first news item of the weekend was the trade that sent pass rush specialist Robert Quinn from Los Angeles to Miami. The Dolphins will send their fourth round draft choice, the 107th overall pick in the draft to LA, as well as the Dolphins' sixth round pick, pick number 169 in exchange for Robert Quinn and the Rams' sixth round draft pick number 198. So the Dolphins give up their fourth round pick and swap places in the draft 29 spots in the sixth round to bring over a former first team all-pro defensive end and to talk more about him, let's go ahead and bring on my guest. And I'm joined now by one of my comrades of the Locked On Network. He is the host of the Locked On Rams podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at LA underscore Rambling Bear. He is Brad Bear Motter. Brad, thanks for joining the podcast today. Hey, Travis. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Excited to talk football at any time. So let's do it. Yeah, man. It's, it's kind of interesting. We talked a little bit off air about kind of our, our backgrounds and our upbringings. And we actually are both Seattle defects in terms of being football fans. I defected to Miami and here, Brad, is a Los Angeles Rams fan, so we both uh, got away from the Northwest there a little bit. Yeah, you know what? Went back in those days of Matt Hasselback, and we're going to take the ball and score in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, went through those hard times, got to see him with a Super Bowl, and then, yeah, moved down to L.A. the year the uh, Rams moved down and kind of got to get in with them, and exciting to kind of see it go from a four-win team to you know, it's an 11-win team and a playoff appearance. So pretty exciting stuff. It looks like we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, you guys definitely are. And a shameless effort to kind of uh, adore myself to your fan base here. I, I make that joke about the work, take the ball, and we're going to score to my fa- my friends up here all the time. So hopefully your fan base can enjoy that a little bit too on the podcast here. But we're going to talk about Robert Quinn. That's the big news of the weekend for the Miami Dolphins and for the LA Rams in a sense. You guys have been kind of trade happy so far before the new league, league year even starts. And it's so much more fun as a Dolphin, as a not a Dolphins fan, but a football fan to have all this activity in February. But, you know, you go back to 2011, Robert Quinn was a first round pick. You guys got more than your money's worth on him with the production he has put forth. 62 and a half career sacks, 21 career forced fumbles, and one first team all pro as well as two Pro Bowl selections. So answer me this, Brad. Why are the Rams moving on from Robert Quinn? You know what? Those numbers sound great and were great. Uh, Robert Quinn was amazing when he was here. 
Uh, I think really it goes into just where this team is going, you know, as far as the direction of the defense, as far as, you know, they've moved from a, a 4-3 to 3-4. You know, they look to be spending some money on the secondary, not only whether it be this year or even in the coming coming year, coming years, coming years with ending his, uh, you know, rookie deal pretty soon. And he was owed a lot of money, you know. So for the production that we got, even though he ended the season really strong, he started slow in that position, obviously moved to outside linebacker. And I think just kind of trying to find a space for him long term and then also, you know, injury concerns. So I think they were just kind of this is a perfect time to save some money, put it into Sammy Watkins or Tremaine Johnson or uh, LaMarcus Joyner. So we've got people that are needing cash right now. And Quinn kind of looked at this area as kind of going, well, we, we got what we think might have been the best of them. Maybe it's time to move on. And not to mention possibly the best defensive player in the entire league, Aaron Donald, coming up here pretty soon, too. So, yeah, you guys have some money you have to, to, to shell out here pretty soon. I can definitely see why they had moved on from Quinn in that sense. So you talked about the injury problems a little bit. And just kind of refresh me on this, because I, I heard about a back injury in 2015, but I, I didn't know that. The, I, I heard about him having some head problems or some head injuries, but it was a brain tumor in 2016. Yeah, he went through some crazy stuff with us. Um, you know, obviously the the head injury that you just mentioned, and then in 2015 he only played seven games. Uh, dealt with a little bit of that back. He had surgery in the off season. Uh, came back, played eight games in 2016, and just really didn't have that same burst. And you know what we what we knew out of that, you know Robert Quinn that we saw early in his career that stackpiled all those numbers. Uh, and then, you know, in 2017, we switched him to a new position, started really slow. Uh, he had a couple games where he was a little banged up. I believe it was his shoulder. Uh, he fought through it, played 15 games. But in the last three seasons, you know, 17 sacks and missing 18 games, it just kind of were those red flags as far as, is this the trend that we're going to see with him as far as injury? Um, you know, he's only 27 years old, but if you kind of step back and look at it, it, it makes you scratch your head because the injury and the way you see him as is almost as this 34, 35 year old veteran. Um, but you know, he may have a lot left on the tank, but I think for the Rams case, they were just kind of looking at it and seeing the trend of how this was going and just decided for the money it was worth. There were a lot of questions with that help. Yeah. And if you, if you look at the Dolphins track record in terms of recent history and the way they've acquired players, they have been all about this. Let's buy low on guys that have a medical history that had good production three or four years ago. And it hasn't worked out for us. We've had Julius Thomas, Jordan Cameron, Byron Maxwell is another one of them. And now we get Robert Quinn. I'm ex- I'm more excited about Quinn than I was the others, but I guess the best way I think you can find out about a guy and what he's supposed to be is as a Rams fan. I mean, move, remove all the money and all the, the injuries and everything out of it. Are you upset that he, that Robert Quinn's gone as a, as a Rams fan? Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm right there on that 50, 50 mark because personally uh, was a huge fan of Robert Quinn because of all the great stuff he did off the field. He was, you know, I've gone to the last two training camps, you know, he was always out there never said no, never skipped a kid. Um, you know, went that extra mile with the fans, uh, even in, you know, in social issues, he's been out there to kind of stand up and, and voice his opinion, but not make it about him in a sense, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, so overall, he's an awesome guy. You know, you're getting a hard worker, you know, you're getting a lot of speed and a guy that can set the edge. So there's that. But then the other side of me is compiling those numbers. I just talked about a lot of missed games, um, a lot of, you know, times even where he fought through injury this last year. And where he made the adjustment, never made a big deal about moving to outside linebacker, which is another plus for him. But I just, I, I think 
as a football move with money and where the direction of our team is, and you mentioned, you know, Aaron Donald and these other positions that we have to fill. And then you have to look down the road. You got Todd Gurley and, um, you know, Jared Goff pretty soon going to be expiring on their rookie contract. So you're just kind of trying to find money and there's always going to be those cap casualties. And I think he's one of those, but yeah, watching, you know, Rams nation and seeing, you know, Twitter feeds, a lot of people mixed feelings on this because, us in this world, we, we love him as a guy, and we love to see him suit up. And if you haven't seen some of his sack celebrations, get ready. He's one of the best in the game. So he gets you energized, and you can kind of feel his energy on the field. So those are some really good things I think a lot of people out here are going to miss. And I've been I've been just glued to Game Pass the last couple of days, watching some of his stuff. I went back and watched his 2013 sack reel, and my God, that guy was a beast. He The way he could bend the edge and kind of and use both inside and outside moves. I mean, it didn't look like he has that same type of skill set anymore. Do you think he's kind of declining in that in that sense? You know, I think a little bit. You know, it's tough. I think also as we talk about, it's it's a big deal to go from you know on on the line on the outside to stand up outside linebacker, and I, and you could tell it took some while. He looked lost at the beginning of the season on really what he was supposed to be doing and and how to attack the quarterback. But when they really just kind of let him go and. And in a sense, almost utilized him as that DN. He started to come into his own, and, and you know he finished with you know a hefty amount of sacks in a short period of time. He ended the season really well, but uh, I think he still got it. The thing is, can he really come in and have you know a healthy season from start to finish? I think that's his biggest thing because you can tell when he's most productive is when things are in a flow where he's not taking a break in between a game or two because of an injury. He picks up momentum throughout the season. So as long as his speed's still there, the guy's powerful, and he knows how to make plays. I mean, obviously, he looked at 20 forced fumbles in his career. He had two last year, two the year before that, and then I think three and five in the previous year. So even when he wasn't playing much, he still found a way to get that strip sack and to create plays around the ball. So he's a guy you like as far as a playmaker. It's just can he be on the field and stay healthy and how does he really fit back into the 4-3 which I think is really is where he's you know best naturally yeah it's where he played early on with you guys back in the wide nine when you guys had that defense from St. Louis all those years ago and you know, the, the three things I wrote down on top of my list and looking at his film was like you said he is fantastic at getting the football out of the quarterback's hand he has that long reach and he can kind of get that ball out quickly he also is amazing in pursuit the way he tracks down guys from behind there was a clip from last year where he just blasts Jamison Crowder from the Redskins on a bubble screen felt terrible for him there and then my last point was that he just has like a bit of a motor about him. And I, I like that about that player. So just last question for you here, Bear. Uh, what can we expect from Robert Quinn as a Dolphin in 2018? Man, that is a great question. I think if we knew a little bit more about that, this trade might not have happened. You know, I mean, I think really what, what there is, there's a little bit of question mark on where he fit in and, and how healthy he can really be throughout the time. But if, you, if you're getting a healthy guy, I think you're getting exactly what you just talked about as far as a guy that's going to be around the ball, that's going to you know disrupt the quarterback. If he's not making the play, he's going to make the quarterback move because he's got great speed. Um, he can set the edge, and that's you know important you know in the run game as well. So um, I think if if healthy, I think you're still getting a productive player. You mentioned some of the other players that you guys have taken on with injury past and hasn't really worked out. I don't think he's going to be that for you. I don't think he's going to be a, a guy that you look at and go, well, you know, why did we end up doing that deal? We paid him a bunch of money for a year and then we cut him. I think he will come in and, and be productive. It's it's pretty interesting too. I mean, he's joining a couple former teammates and TJ McDonald and William Hayes. So it's like a little mini St. Louis Rams reunion out there. Those are when all those three played together. Um, but I think, I think you're going to get, I think at the end of the day, you guys are going to be happy with this trade. If you're okay paying him 11, $12 million, 
uh, this year, then I think your production is going to make it worth it. For the Rams, in sense, we were just really trying to get an extra pick, save that money, because we had way too many people with their hand open right now looking for money. So he just ended up being one of those cap casualties, but I think he's still a guy that can make an impact in this league. It's funny you mentioned the reunion those, those three guys have down in Miami, because one of the plays I watched from 2013, I think it was, was Robert Quinn coming around the edge and meeting Will Hayes at Drew Brees. The ball gets spotted into the air, and TJ McDonald picks it off. So it was like... That turnover happens, Dolphins football right there. So, but hey, man, thanks a lot for coming on. He is Brad Bear Motter at LA underscore Rambling Bear, and uh, we'll to- we'll do it again soon, man. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Anytime, Travis. So I don't know about you guys, but that makes me feel a lot better about Robert Quinn hearing about his production going up at the end of the season and Brad having some very nice things to say about him as well. So we got plenty more here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. We have stuff to talk about Jarvis Landry trades potentially going down and is Ryan Tannehill possibly on the move. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more on Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Winkled NFL at Lockdown Fins on Twitter. So the trade that actually did happen is now in the rearview mirror. Let's talk about some other trade buzz happening around the Miami Dolphins as they are sort of the headline of the week, obviously with Jarvis Landry, but now Ryan Tannehill's name is starting to enter the fray here a little bit, and he's getting rumored and linked to teams like the Denver Broncos, possibly even the Cleveland Browns. It's all hearsay at this point, but we got to go ahead and dive into it. I just want to go ahead and put the disclaimer out there right now. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going anywhere. I think he is staying put with the Miami Dolphins. I just have to talk about it. It's my job. It's a podcast. You guys want to hear about the potential speculation, everything going on there too. So we'll go ahead and go forward with that. But first, let's talk about Jarvis Landry. It seems like a trade with Jarvis Landry is imminent. And if not a trade... Definitely a rescind of the franchise tag and letting him test free agency, which is kind of crazy to me because it feels like him and his agent kind of kind of blew it on this. It seems like they misjudged the market. They thought they were going to be able to go out there, and because he was top wide receiver available on the market, they were going to go ahead and be able to get Antonio Brown money or Julio Jones money. And it sounds like the interested suitors are kind of laughing at that notion that he could get $16 million a year. And almost like the Dolphins are silly for paying him that in a franchise tag, or at least offering the franchise tag out to him. But it sounds like he is going to sign that tender as early as Monday or Tuesday based on the tweets that Ian Rappaport has put out there on the Twitterverse talking about Jarvis Landry getting ready to sign that franchise tender. So the Dolphins have some decisions to make, but there was rumors about a Chicago Bears trade on Saturday that did not happen. Teams talking about Jordan Howard for Jarvis Landry and a swap of picks. Dolphins going up to the eighth pick in the draft. Would that be for a quarterback? Would it be for a defensive player? Jumping those two teams, San Francisco and Oakland, would mean the Dolphins would be in a better position to get a linebacker as both of those teams have linebacker needs there with Tremaine Edmonds, Roquan Smith, and those guys being available in that top 10 still, but it sounds like there's still some interest from, from some other teams, but possibly as a free agent because of those salary salary demands. But if the Dolphins are going to trade him, it could be, it sounds like it might be more of a third round pick or maybe even later than that at this point. I mean, if the Dolphins pull that franchise tag back at worst, they're getting a third round comp pick in 2019. So the Dolphins would have to decide if it's better to get that pick then, or just go ahead and settle for a fourth round pick this year and just kind of take the loss in terms of waiting a year for that draft pick. So something could be happening to Jarvis Landry very, very soon. Maybe by the next time I record a podcast, he'll be on another team. For right now, he's a Miami Dolphin. But the news that's bubbling out there right now today, I I put it out on Twitter. You guys have been kind of asking me some questions like, what the hell is going on right here? And I kind of thought it was just common knowledge that I'm following. There's a couple of guys that have really perpetrated the news the Dolphins are going to trade up or or there's interest for the Dolphins to trade Tannehill or to trade up. Now, NFL Draft Bites on Twitter, at NFL Draft Bites, has been banging in the drum about a trade up for Josh Rosen and how much Adam Gaze loves him. But we've also heard that Adam Gaze is enamored by Baker Mayfield, as most people are. And you can kind of see that temperament the two of those guys share together. And they're both fiery, competitive guys. And listen, 
You guys know I'm a Ryan Tannehill fan. You know he's my favorite player on the Dolphins. You know I think the world of him. You know I think he's a top 10 quarterback. You know I think he's a potential Super Bowl champion quarterback if you have the right pieces around him, which is the case for every quarterback not named Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And at this point, really, it's just Tom Brady because Aaron Rodgers has only won one in his career with some rather stacked teams in Green Bay. So, I mean, everyone wants to blame the lack of a Super Bowl on the quarterback. And just it's funny to hear people talk about that because, you know, obviously it didn't work out with Alex Smith. He's a very good quarterback. They moved on from him and his win-loss record. Case Keenum's not going back to Minnesota despite a very good win-loss record. So just try to get some perspective on all that stuff. And you talk about win-loss records, the Denver Broncos are the team that has been linked to Miami in terms of Ryan Tannehill. What I have heard myself is that the Broncos put in a call to the Miami Dolphins to talk about Ryan Tannehill's availability and what that would take to get Ryan Tannehill to Denver to go ahead and assure their quarterback position spot is filled up. But then that puts the Dolphins in the exact same position the Denver Broncos are in right now, picking fifth in the draft without a quarterback. So if you make that trade, I think that at any sense of the word, if the Dolphins are going to make a move to get a quarterback in that first round, or if they stay put in the first round, they ought to trade Ryan Tannehill because it doesn't do me any good as a a win now fan. And Mike Tannenbaum's whole mantra, his entire career, whether it's with the Jets or with the Dolphins now, has been to make moves to win now, to go out and get those medical guys that are you can buy low on, or go out and get a Santonio Holmes or a Braylon Edwards or LaDainian Tomlinson, whoever it is those guys are trading for, Antonio Camardi. I mean, he makes all these moves to win now and makes, he wants veteran guys that can produce right away. And it makes me think that he's going to view the draft in the same way. So why would you, why would you for one, have Ryan Tannehill and make a move to go get a Baker Mayfield and lose further assets outside of that 11th pick, which has gone to Baker Mayfield, as well as more draft picks to move up and make that trade and then have Ryan Tannehill start and Baker Mayfield sit on the bench and you really don't give yourself any competitive advantage for 2018 in terms of playing the season out and trying to win the season. So that's why it doesn't make any sense to me that they would do that, but we've heard about Benjamin Albright talking about the trade to Denver, and now Peter King has a piece coming out on Sports Illustrated tomorrow morning on Monday morning, probably when most of you guys will listen to this podcast, that they could possibly make a move for Ryan Tannehill. All he put on Twitter was, uh-oh, Tannehill in his list of points he's going to be covering so if you go after that quarterback I would use Ryan Tannehill as the asset to go up and get him I think you can get a first round pick for Ryan Tannehill that's what good starting quarterbacks go for in this league possibly even more than that but if I'm going to make a trade to get a quarterback I am involving Ryan Tannehill in that but to put a blanket over the entire thing I will say I would not trade Ryan Tannehill I would focus on possibly getting a Derwin James or one of those linebackers at pick number 11 beefing up the defense and just concerning the fact that you have this offense back with Ryan Tannehill under center and that puts you back into being a at least middle of the road to top level offense because of the difference between Jay Cutler and Ryan Tannehill and that's something we've heard about the Dolphins front office talking about that throughout the course of the offseason and Adam Gay saying you know well you guys know how I think the season would have gone if we had number 17 they thought he was going to make a huge jump Simon Clancy on the podcast on Friday and Thursday talked about it as well saying that you know they believe that Ryan Tannehill was going to make a jump from a top 12 quarterback where he was in 2016 to even into a top five quarterback in 2017 so the knee injury puts him back sets him back and now we're dealing with all this stuff talking about quarterbacks so it's gonna be a crazy 50 some days we have left until the draft I hope you guys are ready to buckle up for that we'll be covering everything in that respect on the Locked On Dolphins podcast your host Travis Wingfield at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins The last thing I want to talk about on today's show is just talking about the NFL Combine. I am recording this on Sunday at 4:30 Pacific time out here on the West Coast and I've watched 
a lot of the quarterback, wide receiver, tight end groups workout. I watched a decent amount of the offensive line running back group workout, and I haven't watched any of the defensive stuff today. I've only seen the tweets and some of the coverage around the, the combine out there. And, and Shaq Griffin is the first guy I want to talk about, obviously, doing 20 reps on the bench press with one hand and a prosthetic, and then running what was clocked as a 4.38. Sounds like it's closer to a mid 4.440, but what an insane, awesome athlete that guy is. I would not bet against that guy doing anything in his life. He is just the type of guy that's going to win no matter what he wants to do. So if the Dolphins want to get that guy on the roster, I wouldn't complain one bit. Just draft him someday on late on day two, maybe in the third round or day three, and call it good from there. But that's the first note of the combine but just going forward I cannot wait to watch Derwin James and Mika Fitzpatrick work out tomorrow talking about all this trade stuff if the Dolphins do go up into the draft that's who I want to focus on I want to get Mika Fitzpatrick or Derwin James and just take away these mismatch pieces that kill the Dolphins every year whether it's Travis Kelsey Rob Gronkowski Christian McCaffrey whoever it might be that causes these mismatch problems for the Miami Dolphins I think you can erase that player with a player like Mika Fitzpatrick or Derwin James so I can't wait to watch those guys work out my biggest takeaway from the wide receiver group workout was how much I would love to get Christian Kirk from Texas A&M. I talked about him on my 99.3 ESPN radio spot on Friday and talking about as he was a potential guy that could replace Jarvis Landry if Landry does indeed depart, which like I said, it sounds like he will, or Anthony Miller out of Memphis with the two names I dropped on that program. But Christian Kirk, the thing that I loved about hearing about some of the guys talk about him at the Combine was that he is a guy that everybody loves as a kid. You don't have to worry about anything he's going to do off the field. He's going to be in the playbook. He's going to be studying. And he has that competitiveness that Jarvis Landry does. He is a little bit shifty like Jarvis Landry. He's a great punt returner. And guess what? He runs a 4 4 6 at the combine. So I think you could draft him with that 40-second pick. If he makes it there, I don't think he will. But if he does, that's exactly who I would pick with that spot and go ahead and replace Landry that way and just be done with that. I think you can get Christian Kirk and get more production than you got from Jarvis Landry in terms of a yards per catch, yards per target type of standpoint. So that's my big takeaway from the receiver workouts. The tight ends absolutely killed it. Mike Gusecki was awesome, just blowing everything out of the combine there at Indianapolis. Mark Andrews runs a 4.59. Did not see that coming by any stretch of the imagination. I think if he falls to pick 42, you definitely lock that one in as well. I'm going to go with him over Hayden Hurst, even though Hayden Hurst has been my guy because of his inline blocking ability as well as his ability to, to detach. But if Mark Andrews can run that way and show that he's a better athlete than I thought he was, that's definitely intriguing to me as well. But that's really just about all I have for you guys on that. I'm going to watch all of those. I have them all on DVR. I'm pounding through them as fast as I can late at night. As the fiancé goes to bed, I'll watch some more of that stuff tonight as well for you guys and get you guys plenty of notes on the Combine, the Workout Warriors, who impressed, who improved their stock, who did not. And that's going to be what we talk about mostly on the podcast throughout the course of the week. And that will do it for tonight's podcast, the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. And check out the other Locked On Sports podcast for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and at Locked On NFL's Twitter page, as well as our Facebook page. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com for all the and daily Dolphins content needs. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.